welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo, and as usual, I'm joined by two absolute ballers, my good friend Armin, back home in Zurich, and Toto, back home in Geneva. My friends, how are you doing? <laughs> wow. I didn't know you wanted to go first. <laughs> wow, what a start, what a start. <laughs> no, I'm doing, I'm doing, doing fine. Football season has kicked off again in the in our league and in obviously at the the professional football. So yeah, I'm loving loving life. You know what? I was going to say exactly the same. Like I said, no. <laughs> yeah, we we started to train uh, under the rain, which I love. So it's perfect for us. And I think now now the sun is back, so. We'd have to to keep it that way. But yeah, the season is back and I'm so happy. Finally, yeah. we can play some football. I think I'd enjoy the rain more as well if I was playing football because I had amazing holidays, but I'm back now in cold and rainy burn. And um, it's just so depressing without being able to play. I went to the game last night, though, which was pretty cool. Uh, Champions League football mm-hmm. is is back in, in Bern, which we love to see. Um so uh, yeah, this week we'll do the Premier League's third game week, uh, including an in-depth look at Newcastle versus Liverpool and a short review of the aforementioned Young Boys game, um, for which I'm excited to say we'll have a guest appearance by Hashi. Uh, we'll kick off things in the usual way. Armin, name the three ideal opponents for Arsenal in the Champions League this year. Ideal, you mean guaranteed three points? I mean, just your dream consolation, whether you want easy, uh, whether you want like attractive, whatever it is, tell me what I want. I want one banger I, I do want. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Real Madrid. They're in the same pot. That doesn't work. You have to get someone from. Um, oh, sorry. It has to be like the, a champion. The, I don't have the pot in front of me. So th- then it would be Barcelona, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That Barcelona. Be, that's possible. And then to. To just two easy teams, I think it would be like young boys. Be yeah, young young boys definitely. <laughs> I want to <laughs> smash them, and then uh, I should actually go to Bern if they if they played. You should absolutely come to Bern. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, come to Bern. It's just yeah, a matter <laughs> of of how I could get the tickets. Uh, I'll get you one in in the young boys section. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Give me the 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 yellow, yellow black scarf as well. I will do. Don't worry. I'll sort uh, you out. Uh, so yeah. I'm so I didn't really prepare the the pots in front of me. So, so in yeah. pot one, just I'm just going to quickly reel them off because it's interesting okay. for everyone. Pot one is Man City, yeah. Sevilla, Barcelona, Napoli, Bayern Munich, PSG, Benfica, and Feyenoord. Mm. So you'd get one of those teams, but you've gone for Barcelona. Yeah. Because Bayern Munich is a sore spot for Arsenal fans. Then pot two yeah. is Real Madrid, Man United, Inter Milan, Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, RB Leipzig, Porto and Arsenal. Pot three, Shakhtar Donetsk, Red Bull Salzburg, Milan, Braga, Lazio, Red Star, Belgrade. And potentially young boys, depending on who gets through tonight. And finally, pot four, Real Sociedad, Galatasaray, Celtic Glasgow, Newcastle United, Union Berlin and Lens. Yeah, but I take Celtic as well. I think yeah, Celtic, Celtic eBay, cool. eBay and Real, I think is is doable and it's I think it's a nice group. And it's not so far to to travel as well. So yeah. the, the lads is, don't have to 
Toto, off of what I just said, what's your favorite consolation for Dortmund? Um, I'm going to say an easy group because we're associated this year. I'm going to say Feyenoord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in group uh, plot two, no? Yes, you're in plot two, yeah. Okay, so Feyenoord, then uh, Red Star Belgrade, and then Ooh, I don't know. Half uh... one. No, come on. Half away game, trust me. Yeah, of course, but I mean, yeah, and but you then need to the be last to one. Maybe maybe Real Sociedad or, or I think that would be easier. No, Sociedad no, so, so are going to be tough to play. I want to say like, yes, yeah, Celtic or a team like that. Not Galatasaray. There's also three extra teams coming through tonight, so maybe they'll yeah. add some snares potentially. Do you want to play against Galatasaray? No, clearly not. Oh, okay. You, you don't <laughs> want to go there. No, 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 you don't want to go there, <laughs> especially <laughs> with with the Dortmund group. That is shit away yeah. from home. Yep. Yeah. No. No. Hell no. Um, what we what we can um we can do though is ask Toto his questions because that was all that was all the Armin's question. Um, just quickly before we extend this intro even more, Toto, who will be the second top scorer in France this year? I asked you last week about um who's going to come in second behind Haaland, and so the question now is who's going to come in second behind Mbappe? In Liga, yeah. Oh. Ooh, let me think. Tozin, maybe. What did you say? Tozin, maybe. He's uh, no. he's joking. No, yeah, no. but I think it's going to be Lacazette. Okay. Even Fair though enough. he's playing in a in a poor Lyon side, I think it's going to be Lacazette or maybe Balogun with uh, Monaco. Yeah, I think that's a really good signing, actually. Uh, replacing yeah. the injured Mbolo. ACL buddy. Yeah. All right. And I'm gonna... There was a lot of things going with with some Benyeda outside yeah. the pitch. Yeah. So I don't really know if he's going to play this season. So I would say Balogun. Cool. Or uh, call him one if he comes. There's no way. They can't afford him. Nah. I think he's going. Oh, no. no, no, no. They have they've signed he, Gonzalo he, uh, Ramos, haven't they? PSG. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And it, it, I don't know why, but uh, I think it was two days ago. He just mm. asked like publicly to to leave Frankfurt. To yeah, go to yeah, yeah. Place, which okay. is surprising to be fair, but yeah. Okay, let's dive into the ninety second update. I haven't actually proofread this, so that I I'm gonna try really hard not to stumble. Um, mm. but three, two, one. Straight into the Premier League this week. Chelsea won the Friday night game against Luton Town at home by three goals to nil. Sterling shone the brightest with two goals and an assist for popular FPL asset Nicholas Jackson. Armin has him in his team. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, both Man United and Arsenal conceded early goals to go behind in their home games against Nottingham Forest and Fulham, respectively. Man United won their game by three goals to two. Arsenal, however, only drew to 10-men Fulham, 2-2 being the final result. Tottenham continued their good run of form with a 2-0 away win at Bournemouth. Everton managed to lose their third game in a row without scoring after falling to Wolverhampton Wanderers at Goodison Park. Austrian striker Sasha Kalajcic, ACL buddy, Scoring the winner. Surprisingly, Brighton lost 3-1 at home to West Ham, who remain unbeaten and look good. 
They also confirmed the signing of Mohamed Kudus from Ajax this week, which will make them even stronger. Uh, West London local club Brentford failed to win their second home game of the campaign and had to settle for a 1-1 draw versus Crystal Palace. On Sunday, all three sides won, all three away sides, sorry, won their respective games. Aston Villa away to Burnley, Matty Cash scoring two in a 3-1 win. Man City 2-1 away to Sheffield, even though Haaland missed a pen. And Liverpool somehow managed to beat Newcastle despite playing with 10 men for roughly an hour after Virgil van Dijk saw red for a foul on Isak. In other f- football news, Leverkusen of Germany are a force to be reckoned with this year. The team looks super strong. Keep an eye and an ear out for Victor Boniface, unit of a striker. Messi continues to live life in Miami. Do check his goal and the pass leading to it. And Real Madrid lose Vinicius, but to a muscular injury, but continue to win all of their La Liga games. That's all I had for this week. And Lamin Yamal is a baller as well. We need to say it. Who's a baller, sorry? Lamin Yamal, the, the young Barcelona player. Oh yeah, he's been all over the socials. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, I haven't actually um, seen the Barca game back yet, so I can't I can't speak so to that. It's so good. Now it's a baller. Fair enough. Okay, let's get let's get into this. Uh, there's a couple of things we need to talk about. Um, number one, it's like the huge. The, the Arman is is always so beautifully emotional about the his team's football results, and he needed some time. Um, after both Zurich and Arsenal drew their game in dramatic their games in dramatic fashion, so the first question is, Armin, have you recovered? How are you doing, bro? Yeah, I, I recovered. I think you 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 hundred percent recover if the, if you win the next game. So, which I sincerely yeah. hope Arsenal don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so. F- can I can I cuss actually? Absolutely, this? man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just so fucking annoying to to concede <laughs> in the and in such stupid fashion. And I mean, the, how the table would look in both tables. Yeah, because you were first with Zurich as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, and we're still first, but it's just ah. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Let's just move on. We'll move on. <laughs> So, so you're back in Europe now for good. You had your first full afternoon of watching football, I believe, but you left your yeah. phone at home. Um, <laughs> so, so some part of your brain is still on holidays, surely. Um, how how does it feel to be back watching a lot of football? What what caught your eye? Well, on Sunday, I spent like the whole day watching football. And the fact that I didn't have my phone was like the best thing because there was no distraction, just watching football and do that. And it was perfect. And I really enjoyed watching the Newcastle-Liverpool game, yep. even I though I, I was a bit upset with the results, to be fair, because I'm not a huge Liverpool fan and I wanted Newcastle to win. But I mean, that's football. But yeah. And I'm, I'm like Armand as well, because Servet lose to... To Everton for one and Dortmund draw to to Bochum, so <laughs> it was a tough weekend as well for us. Yeah, it was a yeah. it was a special one. We we yeah, I don't know. It was it was a, it was a we weird weekend in in many in many yeah. ways. I mean, I I just switched on United after like five minutes and they were two 0 down. I'm like, sorry, what what just happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's talk about um some some positive things or some nice things, even though they're not concerning our teams. Raheem Sterling, we have to talk about him because he kind of he had an awful season last year. Uh, obviously, the story with the World Cup, him leaving early and and kind of getting distracted by what went on at home when his house got broken into. Um, he looked electric against Luton, and and yes, it's it's only Luton, but but give me your thoughts on on Raheem Sterling, uh, Armand, to start with. I know Luton didn't look like a Premier League team, but but Chelsea looked like if they keep their players fit. 
without Champions League distraction or European football distraction as is, they could be pretty good, no? Yeah. Yeah, Sterling, he looked actually in the first two games, he looked really sharp as well. And the way he takes on players and he's so... I think he's so strong as well to hold players off. And yeah, he does it really well. I mean, some of the some of the defending was uh, <laughs> was questionable, but um, no, he. I mean, I watched that the whole game, and he he was he was really good. Uh, him, uh, I think the whole Chelsea team was good actually, and but he he stood out for, of course the way he takes on players and the two goals and the assist as well. It was it was like Sterling back in eighteen nineteen, you know. And if he can continue that form, then Chelsea have a real, a real player and a real winner on on his on their hands, you know. Yeah, Toto, talk to me about the other Chelsea assets that that impressed them. I mean, for me, the the other two standouts were were the right back Reese James's replacement, Marlo Gusto, and and then the yeah, striker Nicholas Jackson. Talk to me about those two. Are you? Is there anyone that that sticks out in particular out of the the cup? Those two or. What do you make of it? No, maybe just to, to, to talk about Malo Gusto. Uh, I think that's good for him, even though I'm not happy with the Wiz Champions injury because I like that player. But I think it's good for him to have the, 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 the game time because we know that with the French national team, there is always that right back spot that is always... We're not really very sure. Sometimes it's Kunde, sometimes it's Power, but they're not that good at that position. So I think it's a good thing for him if he can prove in the Premier League and then maybe gain time with the Didier Deschamps team. So I'm happy for him because we know he's a bowler. He was really good at Lyon and he's still very young as well. So hopefully he can stay like that. But I know that when Rhys James come back, He's going to sat on the bench for two weeks. Then Rich James is going to injure again, and then he's going to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, it's actually it's good. It's good tactics, you know. It, uh, yeah, you you know you're gonna be second choice. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Second choice yeah, would be but, bad. Uh, would be bad news unless it's second choice for Rich James. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, the thing is that we all know that when Rich James is fully fit, he's the best at his position. For me, when he's 100%, he's the best right back in the world. But it only happens like two weeks every two years. So Debatable. Yeah. But yeah. It's yeah, surely, but one it's of surely the best. up there. It's surely up yeah, there. one of the best. Yeah. It's surely up there. Who do you yeah. put first then? Oof. Tough one. I mean, the easy answer is Trent, right? We all saw the game against Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Trent, but... Nah, no, but he's the he's the captain. Yeah, that that doesn't make you the best. Yeah, he's the ask, captain. He's the captain of the. He's the captain of the hospital. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Hospital we'll we'll chat more of Chelsea. I'm sure over the next few um weeks because they do have very favorable favorable fixtures, as any FPL player will know. Um, I do want to talk quickly about Man City. They've already won three and three a bit of a grindy win against Sheffield who defended really well and aggressively and, and with a lot of tenacity as well. Haaland missed a pen, but it, with the man Rodri again came up clutch and and a couple of things stood out for me. Number one, everyone was celebrating Foden's performance against Newcastle the week before and how he won that game and could have had another couple of goals and assists and Guardiola, who wasn't even there, drops him. So, 
and despite that, they still like they bring him on five minutes before the end, and he gets a bit of a dodgy one, but he still gets an assist and gets himself involved. And are City just going to run through the league this year, Toto? Do you see? Do you see any other outcome? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to win it again. Just so difficult to compete against them, even though they they didn't play. I didn't watch the game. To be fair, I was watching uh, Burnley against Aston Villa. But even when they don't play that good, they always win. There, there is always one player that managed to score that goal that gives them the win. And this time it was Rodri. Next time it's going to be John Stones, then Akanji. There is always one player where they need to score that goal. So, yeah, I think they're going to win it again. Hopefully not, because I want some change. Like I want to see another team win the, the league. But I think this season again, they're going to win it, yeah. No, not not Arsenal, like a real team. Arman is pointing towards the to the yeah. Arsenal badge on his shirt and and um yeah. you just you just wait until you have champion. You're already not you know you haven't even won all your games yet. Oh, you, but maybe yeah. the best wide back in the world is Thomas Parte. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh. he's an inverted inverted. Uh, okay, my bad. My speaking bad. speaking of right backs, because Man City did just sell Cancelo. Armin, what what are the, the the differences that you see in this Man City setup this year compared to last year? Obviously, De Bruyne is now injured for a, a lengthy time, from what we hear. Haaland doesn't quite look as strong. I mean, he scored three get three goals already this year, but still, he doesn't look. I don't know. He 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 seems to be even more out of the game than last season. Where, where do you see the key differences between Man City setup this season so far compared to last year? Yeah, against Newcastle was interesting because they played like a bit of a more uh, traditional formation, 4-2-3-1. I couldn't watch the game against uh, Sheffield, but yeah, he just, I mean, last year as well, I mean, he started with Cancelo and uh, Walker to be like this sort of inverted fullbacks, and then he changed the system with like more four center backs and then Stones tucking in. So he, he's chopping and changing a bit all the time. I, I don't think you can say it's season for season. But um, yeah, I think to I would have kept Cancelo, to be honest, because you never know injuries. He can start as well in some games. He's that, he's that, he has so much quality. And especially when they play against teams with a low block, with uh, which you're going to defend deep. I think Cancelo is a brilliant player for, for these types of games. But yeah, I think um, if if someone wants to go, normally Pep lets him go. You know, we we've seen this a lot of times with Leroy Sané as well. So yeah, um, I have to say honestly, then they they just always manage to to get get over the line, which is a it's a bit of a cliche, but it's yeah, you're champion if you if you can do this the whole season, you know. Yeah, on Rodri. I I had I had some notes on Rodri. He scored against Inter in the final. He scored against Bayern in the in the quarterfinal. He scored against Sheffield yesterday in the last minute. He scored against Aston Villa in that last game of the season, where they needed that goal. They needed that goal, and I don't know. For me, it's a bit more traumatic. But I don't know if you remember the. The first of January when they played Arsenal away. I don't know, Fabio, if you remember that game where he scored in the last minute too. Yep. To win the game. So he's a he's a bit of a clutch guy, yeah. I think. Completely so, yeah. 
I mean, my my admiration for him is is just ever rising. What, yeah. what a player! And I would I, I was scared we we were going to drag the Casemiro conversation up again, um, but yeah. I'm not going to because Casemiro scored as well, so it's all good. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's let's quickly yeah. move on. Let's move on to um, West Ham actually, who who we haven't really spoken about too much this season, who look quite strong. They they're unbeaten. They they won that game against Chelsea last weekend. They won away to Brighton this week. Couple of fixtures we didn't necessarily see them uh, getting six points from the the league campaign last year was was underwhelming. But they obviously won a European uh, silverware, which compensated for a lot of that. Did we maybe f- underestimate West Ham a little bit? They've lost Rice, but seem- seemingly replaced him like for like with James Ward-Prowse and Alvarez from Ajax as well. The, the set-piece thread, the power, but also the technique that, you know, Paqueta kind of linking up with an- Antonio up top. And they just seem to have the- a really good balance and a manager that is has complete control of the dressing room and the players who buy into his philosophy. Have we been underestimating West Ham this season, Toto? What can they What can they achieve? I, I think maybe in a way, but I don't think they would perform that good. I think on the long term, they're going to lose some points. Why, why sure. do you say that? Where do you see their weaknesses? I mean, they, they won against Brighton, but it's not the best football. Like, we know how David Moss likes to play. And I, I know they're going to be strong on set pieces because they've got quality with James Marpoles and they've got... Kurtzuma, uh, Suchek, players like that that can score header. But when you play, when you you talk about the game, they're not that good. There there is a lot of uh, things missing. Maybe Kudus is going to be that guy. But they, they've got quality on the wing as well with Ben Rama, uh, Bowen, and now Kudus, which is really impressive to to get Kudus because Kudus is one of the players that most big clubs want because he's young, he's got quality, and even Anton Alvarez. Those type of players, like when you think about it, you never thought that they would go to to West Ham, and they did manage to get them. So that's good business, to be fair. But I don't think they would perform that good. Maybe the top ten would be good, but nah, they they won't get Europe again. I don't think so. It's like a, it's like you know when you have like a, this is what Ozzy Umenyori says on the on the NFL show. He was always like, when you see a team, it's kind of like you have that one pair of worn socks lying around your bedroom and you're not sure if you can wear them again. And then you just pick them up and you smell them. And what you just did there was, was that smell test with West Ham and you pick them up and you want to, and nah. Uh, <laughs> Armand, do they pass your smell test? Yeah, I think they, they, it's one thing to be dominated by Brighton, yeah. but if you can, if you can like, I don't know, sting them every 10 minutes with a, with a counter-attack. I think you're doing things right. And I think it's naive just to 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 say, okay, if you want to be a good team, you have to be a ball possession team and you have to no. be high pressing and you have to create a lot of chances. I don't think that's the case. And I think David Moyes does an excellent job and I think he had an, an exceptional game plan against Brighton. And the way they executed was brilliant i think the way which they play with antonio up top he forced a lot of mistake they had a lot of chances they had a lot of chances west ham even though that 18 percent of the of the ball they had a lot of chances and i think this is a setup which they can use against the big teams 
And against the smaller teams, they need to maybe um, adapt and need maybe a different kind of style. But I think... But this is what I've been saying. I was, right? with the, with I the... was really impressed by them against Brighton. Yeah. And, and and then the quality of Bowen as well. I mean, what, what a touch, what a... What a ball as well. Yeah, and, the way he takes it. But, but this is what I meant, Armin, right? Like with, with Bowen, with Paqueta, with, you know, these, even now Kudu's coming in. They do have these technically gifted players yeah. who can break down yeah. low blocks and play well against the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the worst teams where they're expected to dominate. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. They do pass my smell test as well. It'll be interesting to see Europa League. I mean, they've yeah. reached the semi-finals once before there, but it'd be interesting to see how they deal with that distraction again. Uh, another couple of games in the Prem before before the European League starts, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, before we take a break, let's just chat quickly about Arsenal, uh, if you don't mind, Armin. Let's mm-hmm. go. Dropping points. You you had a bad feeling before. Where do you stand now? Is is Arteta experimenting too much? Are they miss? I thought they were missing Chaka personally last game. I thought yeah. this is exactly the type of game where you need a granite Chaka with his experience, with his drive to kind of get that extra few percent out of his teammates and and kind of drive the team forward a little bit, make the right decision on the ball. Um. And despite that, they still had a lot of chances and they still had enough... I, I mean, Arteta after the game said he felt like they did enough to win the game. Where do you stand on this after after the Fulham game? Yeah, I mean, it was just so gutting, but long-term, I'm not that worried. I mean, w- normally we win this game. If you look at the chances, if you look at the XG, we should have won it comfortably. But then it's just silly mistakes it's just so silly mistakes. I mean, if if a guy can score from a, a corner with his foot in the in this in the box, then you know you didn't defend well. And I mean the first goal as well, yeah, it was just a silly mistake, but it just sets up the game in a whole different way that you want. I mean, Fulham was then full of confidence. They could defend really deep and they were very organized and Palinia was amazing. It's just that the um, in the final third, some mistakes and then maybe the, the the pass wanted to be too good, you know, not the, not the simple choices all the time. And that's why I think Chaka was so good last season because he always plays the the simple pass. He always wins the duels. He he makes the right decisions at the right time. I think it's no question that we miss him. I think everyone can see that. And if with Harvard and Odegaard and all these players, they always want to do like, it's difficult for me to explain, but there's the fancy, the fancy pass or like the, the pass through the line. And the, sometimes you just need to be more patient than that. And I think we did, a, even in the final third, we did a lot of bad choices and bad passes. But what's encouraging for me, we still created a lot of chances you know uh, Martinelli clearly lacked confidence I think he could have scored two or three with a bit more confidence it's not like a hundred percent chance but it's a chance where you think normally you 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 slot this away so I'm more gutted about the the missing two points than the way we played I think long term will be fine this it just needs some time you know we have a lot we have with Hovarts and Rice this is you need you need some time to to adapt you know i think a lot of teams if you look at the top teams 
didn't perform amazingly. So that just shows maybe everyone needs some some time to to settle. To to, to settle down and, and gel. Yeah. Toto, give me give me your thoughts on 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 that game in particular and, and, and also Fulham. I know you've been a, a great admirer of Palinha. He was probably the best player on the pitch on the day. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he stays at Fulham and, and doesn't go elsewhere because I think he, he's key to what they do. Can can Fulham build on last season as well? Do you think they'll be stronger or are they going to struggle whether they come in on the uh, I, I think they're going to, to struggle again. Uh, I think they, they, the, the thing is that they, they, they are going to lose. They, they lost Mitrovic now. And I don't think Raul Jimenez would be the player to score more than 15 goals like Mitrovic was capable to do. And he was able to do it in the past, but... Since his injury, I don't think he's able to do it anymore. And I think they're going to lack that, a player that can score goals. But apart from that, they're good at the back. Paulinho in midfield can do anything. I mean, I, I, I still don't know why he's still playing there. I mean, every Premier League club should try to buy it, even more Liverpool, I think. If Liverpool should, should put 100 million, I don't care, but just buy him because he's so good and they need him. I think they need him. We, we saw it on the game. And yeah, and coming to Arsenal, I, I only watched the, the first half and I was, I don't know, there, there was something missing. I feel like there, there wasn't that many movements in front, a, a lot of missing passes and I'm not a huge fan of Havertz. I'm going to say it's, it was already the case at Chelsea, but I know it's the beginning of the season. I know we need to give him time, but it's been two years now when he's, he's in the Prem. Uh, what what don't, don't you like about him? him? What, what don't you like about him? There, there, there is nothing. I don't see anything in that player. To be fair, he was good at Leverkusen, but since he came to 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 the Premier League, I just don't see anything. Like, yeah, I I don't really know where he can play. He's not a striker. He's not that good on that midfield wall with Odegaard, and I think he will be more as number ten, but. They they are not going to play him as a ten in Arsenal, so I don't really need him. I don't really know why they buy him because I don't think he's going to to find his place in that team. So yeah, I I don't know what you think, but no, I mean I, I it's an interesting it's an interesting um thought. I I kind of agree with you. I don't really I don't love him on or off the ball really. Um, but we'll leave it there for now. We'll we'll save Armand the pain of having to defend. Uh -huh. His his players. No, I think I think I think you're just. I'm just gonna give him th this year, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna give him. I'm, I was something you haven't done to to Anthony, but we're not gonna go there, boys. We're gonna take yeah. a break. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna move on. We're gonna be back and we're gonna do the the feature game. Uh, Liverpool was a way win at uh St James Park. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back to discuss the featured game this week, which was Newcastle against Liverpool. Um, Two-one win for Liverpool, even though they played with ten men for roughly an hour, as I mentioned before. Newcastle bottled it, didn't yep. they, Toto? Yeah, hundred percent. They should have scored at least four or five, but yeah. Just one. And so, so what? What went wrong for them then? What? Why didn't they? I don't know. There, there was that uh, Amir one shot when he do like the one and then shot on the post. 
I mean, this is the type of, of situation where you, you have to score, but maybe a bit, they, they were a bit unlucky. But yeah, I, I think as well, the, the things that uh, Isaac wasn't, it wasn't his best game. And you have Callum Wilson on the bench and you just put him on at like, I think it was the 80th minute, something like that. At the end of the game, maybe he should have done that change before. Maybe he should have kept uh, Gordon and Tonali as well on the pitch. I don't know. The, 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 there was the. I don't want to say that Eddie Howe's fault, but he's got his responsibility as well a bit in that last. I want to say, but yeah. I felt because... like I felt like in a sense expectations killed Newcastle a little bit. It felt like if this was five, six years ago, pre-Saudi takeover even, they would have approached this much more pragmatically. They would have made sure they keep enough men behind the ball, kind of let Liverpool have it a little bit, play play down the clock, you know, keep the ball, make Liverpool do the running. And now in this one, it felt like the expectation from the, from the stadium was almost that, okay, now we're going to score four, we're going to score five, we're going to romp these. And they failed to find that balance because look at Liverpool's goals they scored on the counter and if you're if you're scoring on the counter with 10 minutes to go in a game at St James Park where Newcastle have a man a, a one man advantage then you're not you're not game managing right and i just felt like that those higher expectations got to Newcastle a little bit obviously Liverpool played really well and we're going to get we're going to talk about that do you agree with this Hartman? is this is this uh an indication of a trend at Newcastle or was it just a one-off game where they couldn't get the result they needed? Yeah, it was, it was strange because I think they dominated them until the red card and then it stopped basically. Um, I, I do want to get, give some credit to Liverpool because they played really, they played really well and they played really smart as well, keeping the ball sometimes in tough spaces. Um, and Nunes, I think it was a, was a masterclass from Klopp to to bring him, and it was exactly what they needed. They needed a little bit of depth behind the back line, you know, to to yeah, to attack them and to to cause them problems, which which he did. And I mean, what a fit! I mean, both of them they were crazy finishes. I mean, this is not the one hundred percent chance, you know. This is he just buried that, and yeah, I think Newcastle should have maybe. I wouldn't say. Give them the ball and just wait for them to come, and then game manage with one nil. For me, is a it's risky as well, but if you have the ball, just keep it, just keep it. And if there's an opportunity, if you play the ball all the time, and at once they're gonna press you, then is the time to play through the lines, to to play to the wing, and if something. If you can create something, then it's time to take the risk. But I think too many times it was like, okay, now I have the ball and I have to create something all of a sudden, like Bruno Bruno G or Donali. And then they lost the ball sometimes in these spaces. And that, I think, for me was the key bit. Just control the game. When you have the ball, play with the ball. If there is an opportunity to 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 turn them over, then maybe explore that. And if it doesn't work, if the ball gets on the left and everybody, if the ball goes to Gordon and everybody all of a sudden is back uh, behind the ball in Liverpool, then you're going to knock it back again. You know, simple as, and you're going to wait again. 
so that's that's for me when it went wrong and yeah maybe maybe the the whole atmosphere and St James Park maybe they wanted to to better them in a way but mm. that's for me that that was the key point you know just play it simple you know and yeah are they perhaps almost a bit I mean, you you speak there about being more pragmatic. I'll try that again. Being more <laughs> pragmatic. There it is. Is this perhaps the what you get from buying players like Tonali who see themselves perhaps as playmakers, and now you suddenly have two playmakers in there with with Tonali and Bruno G, and then maybe that that grit with with Longstaff, with Willock, with those types of players who who are more craftsmen. Um, or workman, I should say. Sorry, but I think Tonali is a huge craftsman as well. I think yeah. he. But you, I'm, sh- I'm sure if you ask Tonali, he would also see himself as as someone going forward, making things happen. Whereas I think yeah. Matty Longstaff is quite happy to just kind of run the doggies and and pass the ball to Bruno G. And now suddenly, is that midfield a bit imbalanced, Toto? What do you think? No, I don't think so. I, I, the, I, the the first part of the game uh, before the red card, they were really good. Uh, I really appreciate the way they were playing in midfield, uh, especially with Bruno uh, G and Tonali. I don't think it's that, as I'm saying, it just, it doesn't change anything. You can have any player, you just need to, to think and play good and add the hour to get the, the, the information as well that you need to keep the ball. And you, it doesn't change anything who you have in midfield in those games. I mean, of course, there are good players, so I'm talking about that level because obviously at our level it's different, but at that level they're all good players. So, I mean, you just need to keep the ball and if there is a solution, you play that ball, but you don't need to do it every time, as Armand said. And yeah, I, I don't think it that midfield is unbalanced because Tonali can do anything. Maybe you can say he's a, he's a playmaker, but for me he's a, the man that that is going to burst that midfield. That is going to, on every ball, is going to be there to win the ball. And I see him as a bulldog, to be fair, but in a good way. And I really like that. And yeah, but no, I don't think that midfield is unbalanced. This, the 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 positives for Newcastle were were mainly Anthony Gordon, weren't they, Armand? They, he he was he had Trent on toast, especially in the first half. And I I also felt you mentioned the subs earlier there, Toto. I felt like once he went off, it gave Trent a bit of breathing space, a bit of room to go forward and make things happen and kind of breathe on that side. Surely this Gordon, this early season form by Anthony Gordon gives Newcastle a lot of hope for the future, no? Yeah, definitely. He he looked really good. He was really sharp. He had he almost won every duel, I think, against Trent with the ball. Um, almost forced him to a red card, which, which I think was a red card. Um, so yeah, yeah, he looks good. He looked good in the games before. Uh, he definitely, uh, he has some good competition with Barnes as well. So he does need to keep at it. But yeah, he he looks good. Uh, I cannot, and I'm not having nothing bad to say about him. Yeah, and I think in a way you can feel you you could feel before the the season that it was going to be good. I don't know if you watched the the Euro uh, twenty one, but with England it was already uh, it was so good with them. And I was like, yeah, maybe this year is going to 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 prove us that it cost that sixty million. Was it sixty eighty? 
I don't know how much like exactly. Yeah, Seth, I think it was screaming at us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think in a way, is going. I think this season is going to prove us that he really cost that amount of money, and I hope for him as well because he's a quality player. And yeah, against Trent, it was. I'm not going to say the the word, but it was a X video. And I really love it because I don't really, I, I hate Trent. I'm going to say that I hate Trent. And yeah, it should have been I a red card. Trent. I don't, yeah, I just, as a right back, I hate him. I don't, I don't like the way these. Wait, 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 you need to explain that though. Why? Okay. Okay. Because I like going offensively. I think he's one of the best. There, there he's was no the discussion best. about it. Yeah. yeah. There was no discussion about it. But defensively, it's so, sh ah, it's shit, bro. I mean, every time Gordon had the ball, I was like, yeah, he's going through it. He's going to pass. And every 1v1 situation is so easy for the winger every time. And I just don't see yeah. how it is possible for a professional football player to be a right back and to be that shit defensively. I don't think like he's as bad as people say, you know. Yeah, I think Gordon, is, Gordon on, the, on this, Gordon had such a good, I think he had many defenders would have struggled against him, you know. Yeah, but... And I think he really improved defensively and... You know, he, he doesn't get the support from the midfield as well. We have to say that. I mean, yeah, Sobaslai is not it's not it's not a Henderson who tracks back like yeah, crazy. So yeah. you need help against that. You need to double up against those kind of players. But of course, I'm not going to say he's good defensively. I'm just saying if he if he plays that inverted role and he goes and he plays like a Sinchenko, like a, yeah, yeah. If he plays that role, I think he's. I think he's one of the best players in the Premier League, honestly. I think he's that good. But yeah, it's it's a, maybe a discussion for another day. Sweeping, yeah, yeah. sweeping statement yeah. by Toto. It is not. Yeah, but it is not. No, but I mean, I mean, I mean. How can you not rate Trent? Nah, on this game, I know it was tough because it should have been out. It should have been a red card, and after that, he had maybe the the fear to to do like one fall and get the red card. Yeah, I, I mean, because... obviously he had the nightmare. I'm not denying that yeah. he had a really bad game. Yeah, but I, I think the, 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 the situation wasn't the best for him because like, he knew that every fall was maybe going to be a red card after the, the first two actions. Yeah. And yeah, because he was always like going backwards. Like Every time Gordon, uh, Gordon had the ball and it was going straight forward on him, he was always going backwards. And you know that when the winger, the winger is going on you and you, stay, you, you start to, to go back, it's over. You, you, there was no way to yeah. defend, and let's always like let's that. get Every into that though, boys. Like let's that, so. let's put the focus on on that specifically. Liverpool's defensive worries because the, the Armin, you say that you don't actually think Trent is as bad, but it's it's still apparent that Liverpool struggle defensively and they they look very vulnerable. And I'm not anytime soon going to bank on clean sheets by and for Liverpool. Where where are the the key issues then for you if it's not necessarily Trent? Yeah, I think I said it already two times on this podcast. In the Liverpool, in the good days, in the really good days, they had Mane, Firmino, Salah, Henderson, Fabinho and Milner or, or Wijnaldum. These are six players who worked their socks off 
they press, they counter press but like you wouldn't, crazy. So just, I'm just going to interrupt you because you have said this before, but I'm, I'm like specifically to this to this Newcastle game. I didn't I, feel like the work ethic wasn't there. They did work their asses off in midfield and in, in up top as well. I mean, Yota is an absolute pressing monster as as featured yeah. on match of the day as well. So, so is it is it a, a, is it perhaps more of a structural issue then? If... Yeah, I think it's more of a structural issue because. As I don't think McAllister is a player who who doesn't work or a Soboslai or or a Gakpo, but I think they're just not. They have not the same pressing intelligence and not the same smell for for where the danger may come, and this sort of allowed to go Robertson and Trent to really bomb forward because they had this structure in place and now they don't, and defensively they seem a bit all over the place and in the back line and for sure the back line is at fault as well but it seems to me with that system you need you need everybody to to work hard and to be intelligent defensively and i think that's where last year they had the problems as well um and yeah yeah i think that that's probably the key part and 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 Van Dijk is not really, he's not having the best of his days at the moment. Yeah. And you, even in the matches before, he has some, he he was taken um, in a 1v1, which you don't really see that often. Or you so, didn't yeah. used to. I, I mean, I said this as well before yeah. on the pod, he's 32 now, you know, I mean, yeah, um, yeah, sure. at that time, at that age, Rio Ferdinand, Emmanuel Vidic, the decline starts at some point. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, and I think they can be happy to have like the the but I'm going to say it, but the best goalkeeper in the league. Yes, yeah. Alisson is a monster as well. And that I think it was Gordon his volley. No, no Almiron. I think it was Almiron his volley when yeah. he, he just did the double save. Man, I think that save was a bit overrated, though. I think, wasn't it? Because yeah, but the, the thing so is that he's so close. Yeah, but he's, he's so, so close. Central, and... though. Nah. Look, he's a great save, but that. Yeah, it's a great yeah. save, but I think other Premier League goalkeepers would have maybe saved it as well. Yeah. Don't you sure. think? No, not all of them. Not Ramsdale. But, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't no, know if you, see, if you saw Ram, Ramsdale at Danfield, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I think, I mean, that concludes pretty much the, the list of things. I wanted to talk about Jason Tindall, but perhaps it's not the most relevant of, of topics. Newcastle's assistant coach, who seems to be on camera more often than yeah he's always players. are they holding hands or i don't know what i'm not sure it's it's a bit of a weird one and i don't quite buy all of it i, I feel like some of it is a bit is a bit um <laughs> stage stage yeah it's just i don't know i don't it's just it's just one of those you don't have a good feeling it's just one of, yeah exactly something doesn't sit right it's one of those characters okay. that just manages to to somehow um wind wind me up um <laughs> i've i've already called in hashi um I don't know why the door behind me is not opening. <laughs> um, let me let me let me see where he is because we do want to talk about the the young boys game for to which I went with with Hashi. Just a question, Arman, about that yeah. game. Why are yeah. you happy that uh, young boys won? Just no. Um, I think I think it's I a was, fair question. Yeah, it was. I'm okay with it. Let's say. Okay. okay, because I, I think I think I think 
the, it's good for, for Swiss me, football, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing because for me there is no rivalry between us and young boys. No, with Smashers, they're going to yeah. win the league, and we don't care. But for the Swiss football to have team in the in the Champions League in yeah, Europa League nice. server this year, yeah. And I think it's important for next season. Maybe we get more, of course, more team in Europe. And yeah, yeah. It's just seeing all those happy faces at at Bern. It's just I don't really like that. And we do have some rivals. I mean, we had some yeah cup, for you, cup yeah. finals, and then we had to play for the championship as well, which we yeah, crushed them. Okay, let let before we before we lose all our English viewers, that just to explain quickly, we we um. We went to watch the the Young Boys game, Young Boys, the Swiss champions uh, based in Bern. They were playing Maccabi Haifa from Israel in the second leg of the Champions League playoffs. They uh, needed a win after drawing 0-0 in the first leg in Israel. So they won 3-0, which means that Switzerland will now have one team in each of UEFA's big three competitions with Genevan club Servet in the Europa League. Toto's happy about that. And Lugano playing tonight against uh, Belgian side Union saint gilois to, to play for the um, also Europa League, actually, but most likely they'll, they won't get past the Belgian team and will end up in the Conference League, which is still pretty good for, for Lugano. And, and it's good for Swiss football, sorry, um, as well. And I just, I mean, obviously we have Hashi here now, which I'm super excited for. You've, you're a friend of the poll. You've been here before. Great to see you, my friend. Um just kick us off and, and explain to us your impressions on the, the the stadium, the atmosphere, the the quality of the game as well. What did you make of it? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me on again. Um, in terms of, so I'll start with kind of, yeah, the overall atmosphere and um, the stadium and all. I, I had a lovely, I had a great time, honestly. Really, really good time. It's different. So I'm used to going to Premier League games. I've got a season to get Brentford, so I go quite regularly. Very different atmosphere, right? Um, it was sort of a lot more continental, which makes sense because obviously we're, we're we're in Europe, and um, I thought a lot less aggressive. But it was on the on the on the flip side. I thought the atmosphere was really good. Is like the the everyone getting behind the team. I thought the young boys fans, particularly the ones on the opposite end from where uh, I was sat, I mean they were hyped from the beginning throughout the entire game, and I think it was a good game for them as well because. Um, I think pretty early on. So once they got the goal, it was pretty obvious there was only one team that was going to win. And um, yeah, it was a very, very, very good vibe. And then in terms of the game, I mean, I, I was telling you after the game yesterday, I thought um, they started off very nervity. It was very nervous. Um, and I don't think there was a lot of quality throughout the game, but I think what told was individual moments from young boys. I think the, the striker, I forgot his name, uh, the one was Ethan. Yeah, I mean, what a header. Like, yeah, really, really good yeah. header. And his partner up front as well, I think. He had a couple of moments in the game where just his pace, his trickery, gets a, a ball in, eats and scores with a header. And I think that, for me, was was the difference because it really was like an early season game, right? There wasn't loads of, like, flowing football. Um, uh, but I think in the moments where you need to be decisive, young boys were decisive. I don't think 3-0 was really a fair result in terms of what the game was. But at the same time, Maccabi didn't really do anything right apart from like the first five ten minutes where it looked a little bit little, little bit tight a little bit um nervous I thought yeah they managed the game well and there were some really good individual performances I thought yeah for sure I mean uh, we'll, we'll get into the players that that stood out in a, in a second I just want to hear you know Armin and, and Toto you're both supporters of 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 clubs in Switzerland as well Toto having these three clubs in 
Europe's competition just explain to perhaps our English speaking viewers what this signifies for for Swiss football for for Swiss club football in particular where where does that come in Armand's already rolling his eyes because Zurich isn't involved but just just explain yeah. to us how important it is I mean Switzerland is 12th in the UEFA coefficient ranking so having three teams is is not only very positive but it's also super important to keep that high position and, and keep the money coming into the to Swiss football yeah yeah I, I mean the, the thing is that next year maybe we'll get more uh I don't know because like for Servet uh we were in the Champions League but we had to win three games to be in that Champions League uh, group stage and, and we won the first game against Genk and then uh we lost to Rangers and now we are in the Europa League group stage which is really nice for us but I mean even if we had to if we, we managed to win against Rangers we had to win against PSV which is for us, there is no way we can win against Spins via Eindhoven. So th there was a lot of good team to play against. And I mean, I think that with teams like Jumbos being in the Champions League, with us being in the Europa League, Lugano, I think they're going to be in the Conference League. Maybe next year it would be easier to be in those uh, group stage. Not to do five games to be in Champions League would be better. And yeah, I think it's important. And as a Savard fan, I'm so happy to be in Europa League. Hopefully we'll get Liverpool in the group stage. I hope so. Just to go to, to Anfield with my server jersey. And yeah, hopefully we, we'll do something. But uh, and uh, as well for, for us um, in Geneva, the thing we have is usually there was only like seven to 8,000 people to the game. And when we had to play against the Rangers, we were 28,000 in the stadium, which is a massive difference. Of course, when you play in Europe, there was a lot of people that come to the game, which makes sense. But hopefully with time, they will stay at the stadium and every week maybe we'll have 15, 20,000 20, people. And I hope so, because when you go to the stadium, uh, which is a big stadium for Switzerland, and there was only like six, 7,000 people, it's just a shame. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get a lot of people for the next few games. I know you. I know you hate this topic, Armand, because again, your your favorite team, Zurich, aren't aren't involved, in and you're not exactly very supportive of other Swiss teams. But just chat to me quickly about what you think these three clubs, maybe with a focus on on Eben now, young boys, can achieve in in Europe this year. Can they? Is there anything? I mean, obviously, it depends on the draw, but but just kind of explain to us where you see them in the grand scale of Europe is it like a huge gap is there can they achieve something with a bit of luck where where do you see them coming yeah I think it's a huge gap and I think you got uh, I mean you uh, you're not really an eBay fan but um, I think eBay got quite lucky with the draw as well I think if you play a Galatasaray it looks a bit different and you will be found out I think so yeah even in the first kind of uh, uh, Games in the league, I wasn't that impressed with with young boys. I think they can do a lot more, and this is where I, maybe I see their their chance because they're not getting everything out of them by a mile. I think they can play with this quality of players. They can play a lot better, and they. I'm not really I'm not really a big fan of the coach. I have to say, so I think he plays a quite negative football for a team who is dead. I'm sure you agree, Fab. 100%. Which 100%. is so stacked with the best players of Switzerland. And you cannot, yeah. I mean, you have to smash these teams like Yverdon and you draw against them. It's it, it's it's crazy to me. But 
yeah, I mean, Champions League is always special. Then you have, then you have a you play at home, and the fans are going to be up for it, and then you can maybe create some magic. But at the moment, I don't see them getting anywhere near qualifying for the uh, uh, round of last sixteen. Yeah. Actually, share with me your thoughts on on this topic, and and also uh, we spoke about this in after the game yesterday. Who are the the standout players that you're going to go back to London and, and tell everyone about? Who are you expecting <laughs> to see abroad very soon from from the team that you witnessed last night? Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can start with that. I thought, and I probably talked too much about him. I thought the I forgot what number it is number thirty. Is yeah, it? Sandro Lauper. Yeah. I thought you had an outstanding Lauper. Yeah, I thought he was really really good. Um. And what it was is he kept everything very simple. Uh, he read the game quite well. And what I really like is that first pass when they win the ball back into the front man or into the number 10 just to release the pressure and uh, turn the, the the Maccabi team. I thought he did really well. Um, I think there was, I was looking forward to seeing the the kind of the number 10 that you mentioned. I think Reader is his name. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought you could tell he's obviously got a lot of quality. Don't think that was sort of his best game by any stretch of the imagination. But I think... So I mean, he was involved in the first goal, I think, right? Like he played the ball out for yeah. the guy who crossed it in. So you can see he's obviously got a lot of quality, but I didn't think kind of he maybe took over the game like I maybe was expecting. Maybe I was expecting a bit too much. And then I thought the guy who scored the third goal, um, is it Ugrinich? Ugrinich, yeah. I thought he was really good. Very kind of intense, very aggressive. Um, and I know it was deflected, but I like kind of the confidence to take that shot first time. Yeah, at the outside, outside of the boot, the, yeah. yeah. I thought that was weak that foot was, as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, he's a baller. I love him. He just got a call up to the Swiss national team this morning, and it's well deserved and a long time coming. I like Ogrinich. Armin's again rolling his eyes, but no, no, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't. I think he's a good player. <laughs> he's a good player. Yeah. yeah um, player. Just final final thoughts, Hash, on 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 Swiss football. And you, you now obviously after that one game, you're a complete expert. <laughs> <laughs> you're. I'm sure you're gonna follow young boys if, even from afar, and and have, knowing us, you're gonna. You, you know, you're gonna at least keep an eye on the no, results. No, of course. Yeah, in, I'm, in a, I'm now an unofficial young boys fan. Um, I think. No, come on, Ash. <laughs> it's fine, Armin. That's too easy, man. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, when we come to their place, we run the show. Don't worry. I'll watch. I'll watch. I'll watch. Um. Yeah. Um. Just, just talk to me about what you, what you think is possible for for these Swiss, for maybe young boys in particular mm-hmm. in in Champions League. Armin said there's no chance of making last sixteen. We don't know the draw yet, but but share with me your thoughts, knowing what who else is in the competition. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Champions League's got some some top teams across across the world, right? You've got um, yeah, and I, you said possibly pot three, maybe pot four, was yeah. it? Um, I don't necessarily think that based on what I saw yesterday, they'll have anything for the pot one teams, obviously, and the pot two looks really stacked. Right? I think you've got Real Madrid in there, you've got a few. Um, Arsenal teams, Arsenal as well. Um, he said, he said top teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think they'll struggle to be honest to yeah to to reach the last sixteen. Maybe they could do something to um to maybe sneak into the Europa League, but again, it might be difficult. I think from what I saw yesterday, right, a better team would have got put a couple of goals past young boys in the first ten minutes. I think certainly one at least. Like there was that chance that guy had after five minutes where yeah, he, he just passed it towards where the goalkeeper was already, right? And um yeah. I think a more ruthless team can can really kind of um take advantage. But I mean, to be honest, like for for I don't want to sort of be patronizing at all, but for a team like Young Boys, I guess getting to the Champions League, having those top teams come to Switzerland and um 
being able to to kind of see the best players in the world that in of itself is a success right so i think helps them play without kind of fear without any um sort of expectation and with that kind of attitude who knows right i think um did you say that lot i remember this right when they played man united a couple of seasons ago they they was it you want yeah what was the result again fab I, I can't remember, remember the result. I can't remember. Remember. <laughs> Ronaldo scored. Yeah. Um, and then you just... No, that, actually, there's, there's the this team. thing, and I think this is a lovely lovely note to end the podcast on, but there's this thing that young boys have beaten both Juventus and Man United yeah. in this stadium, and they they have made it like a, a meme here in Bern where Ronaldo just can't win in this stadium. He <laughs> That's actually Juventus, really cool. He lost with United, and he just... Whatever cool. happens, Ronaldo comes to Bern, he loses. It's as simple as that. Do you think that's on his mind? Do you think... I, You know what? I think he played a role, yeah. Towards the end <laughs> yeah. of his career. I think he got into his head a little bit. And <laughs> he probably played a role in him going to Saudi. He's like, I can't hack it Bern. in Europe. Oh I can't hack it in Europe. It's this... <laughs> Yeah, I need I need an escape. And now you know Al Hilal, that Al Nasser, wherever he plays, that they're, they're not going to play young boys anytime soon. So, what do you so, think uh, that it that it's on hash that it's on uh, that they play on astroturf? I think it's, I think it's shocking. I, I don't know why they allow it for okay. for for like a top top like competition like the Champions League. It feels a little bit kind of um yeah, I don't know. I reckon yeah. you probably could get like a good groundsman to to sort it out now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I don't get it. No one, no one approves. Not even. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the opponents, like Zurich, Basel fans, they usually they're fuming. In Bern, it's kind of. But like, it's a good excuse, to be fair. It's a great. You know, that's the thing. In lose. Bern, it's like, well, it's oh, kind of nice. Turf. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the plastic pitch. Yeah. But um, no. I mean, ideally, you'd have they, the the women's Euro in two thousand and twenty-five is is played in that stadium, and they'll get a proper pitch for it as well. Right. So so it's changes insight. And then they will keep it or. I, I I haven't read official confirmation on this, but I do really hope that after that they'll come to their senses and, and keep yeah. it. But, yeah. Yeah, because is... I think the, the Swiss national team can't play there, no? Yeah, exactly. The national teams yeah. are not aren't allowed to play on, on a... So they, they come to joke, Geneva, honestly. so we watch the, the Swiss national team. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Imagine yeah. the national team not being able to play in the capital. Yeah. It's it's just it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. One of many issues with Swiss football, on which we will close this pod. Hashi, thank you so much for hopping oh, on quickly. Armin Toto, thank you as well. Uh, we're a bit later than usual in the week, so keep out, uh, keep an eye out. My my brain is is shutting down. Keep an eye out for more content in the next couple of days. Armin and I are, as always, also looking to do another FPL pod. Uh, I hate that I'm getting into it now. Um, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, and uh, see you soon. Thank you, guys. Yeah. get the folding one to be honest i didn't get it it, i I mean mean, how can you not play him again yeah yeah i don't understand what message is sent i don't i don't get what you're achieving you know that's the thing get it yeah i mean he must have been he must have been on such high after such a long period of not playing and not yeah not getting the minutes and then 
you you're the best player on the pitch and then you don't play again and with De Bruyne injured it's just it's so harsh yeah and you know in the FPL community there's just a simple answer Pep Guardiola plays FPL <laughs> and he just he just if he did that he would drop Haaland all the Foden players uh, were getting into the teams and then he just said okay if I'm he gonna... if he played FPL he yeah, would drop yeah. Haaland and bring him on like one minute before the end so he definitely <laughs> can't score and he still gets that one He's point definitely playing FPL definitely that's so funny <laughs>